Hello and welcome to Miss Checkpoints, the video game book club podcast. Today we're starting a discussion on Carrion, the first game of March. Uh, I'm your host Marcus and joining me today as always are the homies. First off we have Dante. Yo. Next we have Greg. What's up? And last but not least we got the homie Trevor. What's going on? What's it? Um, so this is uh, the first of Greg's game for the month of March, so I'm going to kick it to him so he can introduce the game. All right, so why did I pick Carry On? Um, I was just searching for short indie games that were fairly new and had pretty decent reviews and came across this. Um, I like the art style, and it looked weird enough that it piqued my interest, so I figured I'd give it a shot. Uh, Carry On could be described as a mixture of several genres. It has horror, Metroidvania, and stealth elements. I've even seen it tagged as a reverse horror game. Uh, players take control of a tentacled monster and go through environments, uh, stalking and killing humans it comes across. As you progress through the game, you unlock various upgrades like growing bigger in size, extra attacks, and abilities which help you access areas you previously couldn't get to. As for the studio who developed Carry On, it's Phobia Game Studios, and there's not much info about them. Uh, they're based out of Warsaw, Poland, and according to one of the developers, uh, work started on Carry On as early as October 2017. Uh, it was first publicly shown at GDC in 2018, and an official trailer debuted on June 9th, 2019 during uh, Devolver Digital's press conference. Uh, this is the first title Phobia Game Studio worked on, and Carry On had a demo released October 2019, and the game was finally released on Windows, Linux, Mac OS, Switch, and Xbox One on July 23rd, 2020. Uh, Carry On has been fairly well received, sitting at around 76 on Metacritic, and has sold around 435,000 copies, according to Steam Spy. Uh, there was a PS4 version of the game that was reported to be worked on, but it has yet to be released. And that's about all I had for it. And so, so how did you, you said you picked it because you, you thought the art style looked cool and it was a short game, but how did you hear about it? Did you say that? Uh, I was just kind of Googling uh, like indie game, like short indie games that were like pretty recent, just kind of mm-hmm. looking around. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, what 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 did you end up playing it on? Uh, PC. PC. Okay. And you said this was a Devolver digital game. Or, yeah, like, they, they published, published it. it. Man, yeah. they they're the goats. <laughs> like I feel <laughs> like I feel like we've covered like a dozen of their games at this point. <laughs> yeah. Really, not that many, but like I, we've we've definitely covered a fair share of Devolver games. They're very prolific in what they they do. Um, uh, what did you guys end up playing it on? Um, I'm, I'm assuming also this is everybody's first time playing it since it's such a relatively new game. But you can let me know if otherwise. But uh, what did you end up playing it on, uh, Dante? I paid it. I played it on Xbox via Game Pass. Gotcha. And then what about you, Trevor? Same here. Game Pass. Um, I played it on my PC actually. Um, but this game had been on my... I had downloaded this game like long before we had selected it. Oh, um, so it was on your radar. Or actually long... I don't know. Maybe we... I can't remember how long ago we did the the last list, but I had downloaded it because I just wanted to play it. I heard a lot about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was free on Game Pass, so I was just like, yeah, let me go ahead and download this and you know play it in my downtime from work. You said you played it on PC too, Greg. Did you do Game Pass or? Yeah, I played it through Game Pass. Okay, so I I, I played it on PC as well, but I 
played it via Steam, and I'm willing to bet that I was the only one that had the DLC then. I was about to drop the bread, but then I saw uh, Trevor saying it was on Game Pass, so it just worked out. I think I actually, um, I can't remember if I bought it and then refunded it, or I On Steam? Yeah. Oh, after it came out I'm pretty sure I did refund it because Trevor pointed out that it was on Game Pass pretty early on. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I don't have a Game Pass, so I played it on Steam, and I got the DLC with it, so I played that so I can I can uh, tell you guys about it, try to sell you on it. But, um, yeah, so uh, I can... I'll let, I'll let you kind of talk about it then, Greg, since it's your game, if you want to kind of explain like what you do in the reverse horror aspect of it. Um, I guess the, the way this kind of differs from, like, I guess a typical horror game is like in this one you actually play as the as the monster, so it gives you like a little bit of a a different aspect because normally you're trying to run from the you know trying to run from whatever it is, but this you're actually chasing down everybody, so it's like a little bit of a different dynamic, um, which is kind of cool to be honest. I don't I'm trying to think if there's like I'm trying to think of any other games where you like you know kind of like this where you would play as the 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 monster I guess right. Braid. Okay, well, does that count? I, guess. I, just, <laughs> I just wanted to shut um, up, Braid. He's quicker than I was. I was trying to think of a game where it's like, oh, no. But, I mean, yeah. I like, yeah. I, I think normally, because I, I actually had that as a question, like, can you guys think of a time where you played a game like this? And I think normally in, in video games, uh, it's a sequence, and that's it. Yeah. So, like, you know, when we played... um spec ops the line and we did like the white phosphorus section or um i feel like there was i mean obviously the what is it the no russia or what is is the one in call of duty no Uh, russian was modern warfare 2 yeah yeah and you know we're like you have like a sequence where you're like the the monster or like the the big bad or whatever well Um, what about um rampage yeah yeah actually i guess so yeah and then, yeah, because I was thinking, too, um, any any kind of, uh, I feel like uh, Alien, uh, not Isolation, I, I feel like there was an Alien vs. Predator game, and, like, there's there's that other game, um, there's two games, there's the uh, the one where you're playing, like, Jason or something, it, like, you're at the camp, and you get to play as Jason, and you're killing the teenagers. Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah, and, isn't that, like, a multiplayer game? Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. think it's mostly multiplayer games, same thing with Left 4 Dead, where, you right. know, it's like, What was oh, that, um, yeah, I was gonna say game that was, like, launched for the Xbox? It wasn't launched, but it was very close to it. It failed pretty bad. Evolved? Is- That's yeah, the other one. Yeah, that was, was the other was one I couldn't think of. That. that was the other one I couldn't think of. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it, it, it usually, when you do these kind of things, it's in a multiplayer context. So I, I do think that it was kind of cool to experience it in a, you know, like this way. Because normally, like I said, it's normally in a multiplayer thing. So I feel like it was balanced pretty well, right? You don't feel overly powerful for the most part, right? Like it's not really. Like, I mean, really? well, OK, there are some times where like, yeah, but it I don't know. Like, I feel like at certain parts, you, you definitely feel like I guess once the well, I don't want to like go too far ahead, but there's parts where I feel like you know they they can definitely fight you back but for the most part yeah i guess there's not very many challenges right <laughs> yeah yeah i feel like that's like the main part of the game is just like <laughs> running through dude <laughs> uh, <laughs> um and so i guess we can start with the beginning with like kind of like the story and like they're really 
if I'm not mistaken, like it, like the game starts with you as the creature, and like I guess the best way to describe the creature is it's like a blob. It's like a big mass of like writhing like tentacles, and maybe there's some eye, some some eyeballs, and a mouth. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so you're you're in like a, a, a I don't even know what you call it like a, a vat or something like that, and you break out, and then everybody starts freaking out, and you kind of get the tutorial from there. And I think like at that time, the only thing that you learn is like you can uh, use the joystick. I, I'm, I'm assuming everybody played uh, with the gamepad. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like I, I think this was one of those games where it's like you could probably like point and click with you know with the mouse and everything but like that doesn't seem like it would be fun um but uh yeah like you just basically aim your some type of target with the right thumbstick and then you can uh i I guess for me it was right trigger to like throw out a tentacle to kind of grab and you can pull things to you and so like you're at that point you're you can grab onto uh vats and doors in order not vats but grates and doors in order to like break free and like to further progress and then you can grab onto. Uh, there's a lot of scientists that are like kind of reacting negatively and trying to run around, run away because they're like super frightened, of, you know. And uh, you can eat them to like level or not level up to gain health. And I guess like it, it kind of just throws you in at that point, and then it's just kind of like you got to escape this facility. And um, yeah, what were you about to say? Well, I was gonna say you kind of do level up in some way when you eat them. Just well, yeah, not in the beginning. Yeah, like though. not in the, you know, level or traditional level up aspect, but more like Mario, like when you eat it, a mushroom or something. That's pretty poignant, right? <laughs> um, and uh, the game, it and like, did you 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 mentioned um, kind of like Metroid, and I and I'm I'm assuming that was the the big pull for you, Trevor. That was the the thing that caught your interest immediately when you heard about this game. Wait, say that again. It was which the, aspect? The the fact that it was kind of like set up like a Metroid. Like yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Um, even the look of it. I mean, the art style. You know, of course, it's like a two D platformer type game, or not necessarily platformer, but you know, it has that two D kind of pixel art, but it's um, not necessarily. Um, um, I don't know. It's I don't know what you would call it because it is pixel art. Yeah, it's sixteen bit. Yeah, um, but yeah, that definitely evokes um, Metroid, the Metroid style. And did you? Um, I meant to ask you, but did any of you guys like? I know it's like it's in the same genre or whatever. So like, obviously, there's going to be a through line. But did you, any of you guys play Shadow Complex for the? Yeah, I did. Okay, because when I was playing this, I, I kept thinking, like, I don't have as much, uh, I, I enjoyed it when I played it, but I don't, like, have as much uh, memory for Metroid. Uh, I've only played just the Super Metroid, so uh, I, I have a lot more reverence for games that were, you know, like, Metroidvanias, I guess you could call them. Not to say that I, I think Metro, Super Metroid is a really, really good game, but I just never really got into the series. But uh, I, I kept I thinking of... chicken wings over it the other day. You say what? <laughs> chicken wings over it the other day. I'll choose chicken wings over a lot of video games. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, the uh, um, I kept thinking of Shadow Complex, and uh, one of the things that uh, immediately struck me that I one of the few things I didn't like about this game was the lack of a map. I didn't really find it to be. I mean, I, I can see where you're coming from on it, but for I couldn't see where I was going. <laughs> well, I no, felt I... like the level design was like pretty well thought. Like, like they kind of gate you out of certain areas that you don't need to go back to. So it's like I feel like it's it's kind of. But you the, can get the, lost. But the problem the problem is the problem is is that because it's set up like a Metroidvania. I immediately thought I need to backtrack and, and, and uh. like that. So like I was like, oh, I got new abilities. Let me go back to the starting area. And oftentimes there was no reason for me to go there. But it was also sometimes very difficult to get back to that spot because it was just like I had to have the entire map in my head. <laughs> the yeah, layout. I can I can see that because looking back at it, the game does a really good job of pushing you forward. To the point where a lot of times you don't necessarily need to go back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the the lack of a map doesn't really become a... Because they do that as far as progression, the lack of a map doesn't become apparent until you get towards the latter half of the game. And it's just like, yeah, I do have all these abilities. Um, let me backtrack and, and see what I can pick up. Which there are a few collectibles. Um, and and, and like, I think that's the thing is like... I, I'm willing to bet that me and Trevor, did you, Greg and uh, Dante, did you guys do the little collectible containment units? Uh, if I came across them, I would do it, but like I, I wasn't like actively looking for them. I didn't I really realize it was a thing until like maybe 75% through the game. Mm-hmm. And did you, Dante? I got about half of them. And did you did you get them in the in the middle of your playthrough, or did you end up going back to to get them? Well, I got them when I got lost and really frustrated with this. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So I I didn't even know they were a thing until like halfway through the game when I, I found a level I stumbled across and I was like, oh, okay, there's nine of these things. And and I tried to find them during my playthrough. I think maybe I had two or three by the time I finished. And after I beat the game, I was like, I, I think Trevor kind of spurred me on because I saw him post that he 100% of the game and did everything. So I was like, well... Let me go ahead and do this too. And uh, trying to go back to these levels, like one one of the things is I didn't even realize that I ended up having to look up a map there, like online, and I didn't realize how big the overworld was. And like, and it was for the most part, a lot of the levels were like one way in, one way out as far Mm -hmm. as getting to them. And so, like me going back because I think I beat this game over the span of two days, which is. I mean, it's, it's a relatively short game. I think, I'm, I think it took me about four hours to beat. But like, I just had no memory of like how to access the like the first couple of levels at, when I was at the back half of the game. Man, and, you need to check your Steam time because I feel like there's no way. <laughs> what? The four hour thing. I'm pretty sure I beat it in four hours. It had to be like maybe four and a half, maybe five for me, something like that. I'd say six tops, but I think it took me about six. Really. Um, I'm yeah. pretty sure it took me about four hours because I the, I played it in one sitting, and I started it at six six like six or six thirty, and I remember finishing it like I took like maybe a an hour break or so, and I finished it around eleven. Yeah, I mean I don't I I mean 
it didn't take me that long, honestly. But I mean, I'll, I'll check my Steam time after after. Granted, we're done. I did get lost for about ninety minutes during my playthrough. Yeah, like I, I didn't, I didn't get lost. Like I, I always knew like where I had to go to get to the next level. And like, like I said, for me, like I, um, the map didn't really come into like play for me. Like wishing I had one until I was trying to do the collectible stuff. So if I had not done it, I probably wouldn't have ran into it as an issue in the same way. But yeah, I, I I don't know. Like I think because it was set up and just made me think it was like a, a, a tr- I don't want to say a true Metroidvania, but like thinking that if I would have backtracked, I would have unlocked new abilities and everything. Then like when I did backtrack, I was just I was just like I don't even know how to get to level one or level two. And especially I think after you beat the game or when you're at the end of the the end of the uh, game, there's like a level that tells you all your stats. Yeah. And like when I saw that, I was like, "How do I even get to, like <laughs> like trying to get back to some of those levels?" I was just like, "I just don't know how to do it." So I I really wish there was some type of map, but like that was like my main gripe slash complaint with this game. Other than that, like the I don't really really like have a whole lot of bad like things to say about this game personally. Um. I'm guessing you wish there was... I mean, do you guys all think there should have been a map, or do you think it doesn't really matter? Um, like, I, I do agree with Trevor that they do a really good job of, like, progressing you forward, but I just think that because of the genre of game that it is, that it just... it You're so used to having to backtrack that, like, we just do it. And, like, the way that you were playing it, I could see how that could be annoying. I guess the way that they tried to... Um... They tried to work around that is they have like that kind of radarish thing where you can hit left trigger and then there's like a it sends out like a I guess some type of sonar basically and then you can kind of find the points that you need to get to that way. But it doesn't help necessarily for backtracking, you know. So it's only good if you're pretty much like straight lining the game, but if you have to go back and do stuff, then yeah, it could be it can be kind of problematic. I can see where having a map would would help. I thought that was only to find save points. Yeah, basically, but, you know, that's how you advance, like, you know, basically you find... It's to find any of those, like, entry poles, you know, to get you to the next area, Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, What were you about to say? Oh, nothing. Okay. Um, The only, the other thing, well, A, a another thing, um, and I'm I'm only getting the negatives out the way because I don't, like, I don't really... It's not, it's not too much, but, like, I kind of wish... This game had more bangers for music. I kind of felt like it was kind of like I, I really thought this game could have like some some pretty hype like tracks and like for the most part like the music to me was like non-existent and like this just seems like a game that should have like a, a really dope soundtrack. I feel like it. Uh, I can see ambient what you music. Mean it. It's yeah, ambient right. Music. It, it fits the mood, right? Like it comes in when it needs to, you know, for the most part, and and that's it. But it's not like. You know, there's not bangers or anything, but it 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 does the job, and I guess the game's not long and like isn't so long that it overstays its welcome. You know, so it's mm-hmm. like you know nothing sticks out. Like I couldn't tell you like favorite songs. Through, you know, uh, yeah, I can't tell you any any yeah. single track in this. <laughs> but in this but game. I felt like it was good for the most part, but just not not amazing. Nothing standoutish. You know, did anything stand out to you, Trevor? Or were you? Um, not really. Um, I, I'm not saying it needs to be like Hotline Miami or anything like that, but you know, just like I felt like we could have had like some, I don't know, like 
metal or like some type of like industrial music or I I don't know. It just was like it's just like oh man, like they could have like really brought this game over the top with some really really good music. Even at the end, I think it would have been really good if they had like a banger at the end, right? Like through that whole sequence, that would have been kind of yeah, good. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's or just even, like a it, go ahead. I was just gonna say, even through the um, like, there are some cutscenes that you kind of play through. Yeah, like the yeah. flashbacks or whatever. Yeah, that brings me to another one. <laughs> uh, I, I I like that this game isn't like for lack of a better word, it's not, like, super story-heavy, but, like, I didn't really care for a lot of the, 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 I guess, the flashback sequences, like, where you're playing as, I guess, the... Maybe not flashback, I think it's, like, a flash-forward where it seems like an investigator is trying to figure out what happened at this facility, and so, like, presumably, uh, at this point, your... um, You, the monster, has escaped the facility... And uh, so you you see this guy, you're controlling this guy, um, and uh, you and a couple of people are, like, looking around the facility and, like, looking for evidence and just seeing what went on. And I I don't, don't, like, I didn't need it. Like, it doesn't, like, detract from the game, but I was just kind of like, this seems kind of out of place or unnecessary. I mean, is it a flash forward or is it a flashback? Because based on how that ended, I'm kind of confused as to what it is but i i think um and and when i said flashback earlier i was doing that with like air quotes because i do think it's a flash forward and you're playing like while you're playing as the monster you're playing the flashback because it kind of tells a story of like this lab where the monster was created has already been destroyed and and the contamin the you know oh. ev- everything has already been breached. Okay, all right, yeah, mm-hmm. I follow you. And now. and so that guy's going down and investigating, and then he actually gets infected with it, and that's when you get that final ability to like manifest that parasitism, yeah, or something like that, yeah. And then that's how he's able to escape. That makes sense. How did you feel about that, Dante? The, um, the the sequences where you're playing as the human and they were not great in my opinion <laughs> like it just I get why they were there and this game needed some exposition it needed just, it though? I, I think yes like I would have liked to know why I was a giant worm destroying everything mm-hmm. but that guy could have been a lot better to play like he literally played like an afterthought. Yeah, I mean, like that—that's kind of how that whole those sequences seem to me. Um, I, I don't necessarily think that there should have been any type of exposition delivered, especially if there was. Like, I'd rather it. I, I didn't need it displayed that way. Like, how worse would it have been if it would have just been, like, maybe a minute cutscene of, like, them doing some of that stuff versus you actually playing through it all? Like, I think, exactly. it, would, I think it would have been more interesting if you if you got to see how the monster was created and, like, yeah. why it wanted to escape. But instead, we're seeing, oh, something happened at this facility, and you're like, well, does something happen? I'm literally doing this right now, you know? And so it's just kind of like, 
I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess I didn't really understand why we needed to see. Like, I guess they're them having those sequences showcases to you that oh, I eventually get out. But <laughs> and I <laughs> like, don't know if it's necessarily a callback to Metroid. But that same kind of storyline happens as far as like you as the protagonist. Like mm-hmm. you're the one going down and investigating or at least in Metroid Fusion, you're the one going down and investigating this um anomaly mm-hmm. and it ends up like being a parasite and it inhibits you. So this game being a reverse horror is kind of the flip side of that coin where you're playing as the contaminant. I don't and know. That that's just you know my thinking. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean that makes sense. Like one of the things that I um have you have you guys ever seen like I I, I played this game and I was just like I have feelings about this game but I don't know how to I don't know what it is that I like about this like I like the game but I was like it's speaking to me and I can't quite put my finger on it. And then I played the DLC, and it, like, clicked right away, and I was like, I know why I like this game. Have you guys ever watched the movie The Thing? Yeah. This is basically, like, (laughs) it was, like, that's one of my favorite movies, and, like, y'all know me. I hate, hate, like, scary games, horror games. I hate scary movies. And for whatever reason, like, one summer between, like, semesters of college... I watched the movie The Thing and it just like it was so tense and like so good. Like I just like everything about it. And this movie I think or this movie, this game perfectly kind of captures like what it would have been like from the point of view of the the thing. So uh have you I guess Trevor and Dante, you guys haven't seen the thing? No, I haven't seen that one. Dante? Okay. So, it's like, this movie came out in the 80s. It's like, uh, Kurt, uh, Kurt Russell's the main character, and there's a young, a young Keith David um, is in it. But basically, these guys are at this, like, snow facility, which the DLC takes place, I think it's called The Greatest Time of the Year, or something like that. And it, it takes place at a station. It's, it's more contained than the main game. The main game is super sprawling with the hub world. Well, the DLC takes place in a contained, like, fortress or whatever, unit, and it's wintertime, so there's snow outside, and they have Christmas lights and things hanging up in inside the facility. And um, in the thing, they I think it takes place in Antarctica. They're at some research facility in Antarctica, and something happens, Some like they're trying to figure out something that went on, and there's this parasite that... Uh, um, is on the loose and they don't know about it, but the parasite's ability is it has this ability to take on the form of whatever it's infected. So like they have like like huskies or whatever at one point the the parasite takes on the form of a husky and they can't distinguish it from uh, the other dogs like they don't know. And uh, then at one point um, one of the guys goes missing. And they're like, holy crap, we need to figure out where this guy is. And then they get everybody into the room. And, like, you you basically, like, the you are putting yourself in more harm's way when you're in smaller groups. So you have to stay in a bigger group. And it, they, it, there's some freaky, super freaky special effects in the game. There's super freaky, like, just, like, a lot of heightened tensions and just, like, 
oh crap like who who is who is the thing who is the thing right now and um it's just like a super super dope movie um uh and it made me think of this game uh or this game made me think of that movie and my love for that movie and i was just like oh like this is like you're sneaking like you're sneaking in like these vents and you're you know you're trying to hide out from these people and you're biding your time before you attack them and um it it it, I, it gave me that power trip uh that i was really um i, I don't know I, I i didn't agree with greg when he said like it feels balanced like i definitely feel like you feel like super overpowered compared to a lot of the humans in this game but uh, like I, I really like the aspect of like when you're in your weaker forms of the of, as the creature, um, you have to like be a little bit more stealthy and more deliberate in how you approach people. But then when you're like more powered up, then it's just like I'm about to go ham and just destroy this entire room. And I really like that dynamic in this game, and I, and I think it, it it like treads the line really definitely i feel like of like being like super weak and needing to bide your time and plan out something and then just go in like i'm about to go hard and just destroy this entire room and i yeah i I love that about this game (laughs) yeah there are some other games i wish were more like this where it's uh man i want to say it was a game that we played recently i can't think of it where you basically have more not necessarily more time, but just more opportunity for planning and to like just kind of pause and assess. And I think this game does a really good job because you can get into some really uh, bad situations and then be able to like, you know, like you said, escape into a vent or something like that and, and then, you know, plan your attack and, and come back out swinging. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Did it, did it like... Uh, I- I know you're not like a super fan of like stealth games, but like, is it? It wasn't too like too much of that, right? Like, oh for no, you. definitely. I didn't play it as a stealth game at all. Oh, you just went into a room and just started swinging. <laughs> Usually, like, honestly, um, so like with this gameplay, you know, we haven't really talked about the um, like how you move as a character. Yeah, go ahead. But. So, like, when you're moving, when you use the directional keys, normally, like, in a um, a 2D game like this, you would have to use left and right and then up to climb, and you could jump and stuff like that. But whenever you use your directional um, buttons or your, your stick, you can, you basically, like, cling to walls and, and like, the closest platform to you. Uh, without having to jump or anything like that, which is, you know, it feels really good playing the game. And when you attack, there are also objects, like, around that are destructible, and you can kind of bump into stuff, and when you, like, brush past a light, um, a lamp or something like that, you know, you'll break the light bulb. Um, So, like, all those little details like that in the game are really cool. Um, But when it comes to combat all those destructibles that are around you are basically objects that you can use to toss at enemies or even if you like use one of your attacks and you hit an object it'll bounce off of the enemies and and hit them too so I was using that to my advantage um, where I would just kind of go into a room hot and just start swinging at everything and 
eventually I would hit an object in the room and that would go flying across and it would hit another enemy and um, you can hit one enemy and, and they would bump into another one and knock them down and give you a chance to, to get to them before they can start shooting at you. So it's, you know, that part made, um, like, whether or not you wanted to play stealthily or just guns blazing, um, you know, it the game really gives you that option. <laughs> you just went in swinging. <laughs> I, I really did. Like, if I was... So you also have different attacks based on what level you are. I know Dante mentioned, like, how you level up in the game. Um... Trying to think, I think it was when you're at the second level. You're the medium size monster, um, and you basically like when you use your attack, it kind of lunges forward. That would be the first thing I did when I entered a room, because enemies that have um, guns they will start shooting immediately, like on sight. And so the sooner I could get to them and knock them down, at least, um, the better chance I had of surviving. So, like, whenever I entered a room and I see an enemy, whether or not they had a weapon, I would just charge at them. Yeah, I think for the most part, I, there's sometimes where, like, if you go against the enemies, uh, I guess you'd call them, like, the, uh, I, don't, I don't know the name, but I guess you'd be, like, super soldiers or whatever, the dudes that actually had shields and stuff. Like, those guys, you would have to kind of plan around, right? Like, you, you couldn't, I guess you could just run up on them if, uh, you know you wanted to but i tried to like always like try and find a way to get like either try and go under them and get behind them or like find little ways to do that but yeah if they were just regular dudes i was just going in like might as well yeah like i i definitely i, I played a little bit more subtle than you guys did <laughs> <laughs> like um I, I was trying to like study like not necessarily like their movement but just try to make it so like if i'm gonna swing a door open i'm gonna swing a door open and hit two people at the same time or like if somebody's walking on a grate above me or uh, i'm i'm above them i'll try to either pull the grate out from underneath them or drop the grate on top of them and like make my appearance into a room and then um i also like especially rooms with uh enemies with guns i would try to use my tentacle and pull them up into the vent with me Instead of, oh, like, going yeah. down. So, like, I, I was more of, like, I, I definitely felt more like a, a like a monster where I'm just, like, you know, you're, these two people are doing their path. And then, you know, they're, they're both facing one direction. I grab the guy in back and just pull him up. And then when the guy turns around, he's like, oh, crap, where's the guy? <laughs> you know, like, that that was my preferred uh, play style. Or it's just kind of, like, picking them off one by one was my preferred method. But then sometimes, like, one of the things that I felt like... Uh, there was like no. Once you were in a room and you made a sound or whatever, they everybody was on high alert. So yeah, it wasn't yeah. like you could you could like <laughs> slowly pick everybody off, especially when you like did anything with grates or the doors. But it still was very satisfying to just be like, I'm going to drop this grate here, and then I'm going to go all the way to the other side and drop a grate here to get this guy to run here, and then I can pick off this guy that's wait, you know, like and like I was strategic that way, and it was really fun to play that way. Got to definitely like do like a power fantasy, I guess you could say. <laughs> Pretty much be like um, uh, Riddick. Like, I was gonna say like Batman in the uh, uh, Arkham uh, series. Riddick is better. <laughs> like basically, where you know the enemies are looking around like, "Oh man, what happened to John?" 
<laughs> he got ghosted. Yeah. What about you, uh, Dante? I, I probably did a little bit of column win and Toy with swing. <laughs> but there was the occasional, like, you know, the guys with the shields were kind of bad. And the drones, first, too. The drones were annoying just because I couldn't really figure out, like... Actually, no, the drones weren't bad. It was the thing that de- deployed the drones. The oh, the little issues. tank thing? Yeah. Gotcha. Like, not the tank with the turrets, but the one that literally just deployed drones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's one other thing I wanted to ask about the playstyle. So, uh, what did you guys do then for when you guys had to fight, like, big ba- like the, the mechs and, like, the drones and everything then? Did you guys... You couldn't just go in swinging then. Did you play a little bit more methodical then? When yeah, it was like I guess you gotta have to, right? Like, mm-hmm. otherwise you just get, you know, mowed get down pretty quick. So what was your guys' approach for mechs? Because, like, so with the mechs, it was really cool because, like, a in, like sometimes mechs weren't armed. Uh, like, there was nobody in them controlling them. And then sometimes, like, when you alerted the room, people would start running towards the mechs to get in them. And uh, normally with the mechs, they had, like... Um, Body, not body armor, but just armor, and so you had to like systematically like kind of take parts with the tentacles and like rip stuff off before you could actually pull the person out. So like, I, I really enjoyed like especially that first mech fight. I thought it was just like a mini boss or like a boss fight uh, when you were in the, I think I wrote the Leviathan Reef base. Um, I really enjoyed that fight, but then when they became like a, a, a regular. Um, uh, like enemy, it, it, it kind of lost some of its its luster, like that fight. But I I just really enjoyed like trying to systematically like I'm gonna I I, I did my same play style where it's just like I'm gonna do some hiding, hiding, hiding. I'm gonna pull off this thing when it has its back to me, and then I'm gonna go back into hiding, and then try to you know bring his attention somewhere else. And then like that was my method of of dealing with the drone or the the mechs where. I, I still was able to do my normal play style. Yeah, that's kind of how I had to deal with the mechs for the most part. Um, when I saw it, like, if, if it wasn't manned for the most part, if uh, if I could, like, destroy it, I would do it just in hopes that, like... Because I didn't know they could get in them. But I guess that was kind of like, you know... I just assumed when you got into an area, they were already in it. But I didn't know if they weren't manned that they could actually just run up to them. And, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so I was just taking them out if I saw them and nobody was in it, but... But yeah, when I ran across the manned ones, you just kind of, kind of, uh, you know, t- pick at them a little bit, take one piece off, run away, try and get to a good area to come at them again, take another piece off, run away, and just keep doing that. What about you people that just go and swinging? <laughs> For the most part, whenever you had to face mechs, um, they put you in an area where, you know, you had a lot of cover. So, like, a lot of times I would just try to get underneath the mech and like if there was an opening on the left and right side of them I would just kind of bounce between those two sides and kind of confuse it so it wouldn't know where I was coming from pretty much what he said (laughs) the mechs were not really that big of a threat in my opinion yeah, I didn't think they were a threat. It, it just, like, it was fun to... It, I think it's when enemies started stacking is when it got more interesting. Where it was like, okay, there's a... Because to me, the the hardest enemy for me to deal with was the uh, flamethrower guys. Like, because, like, oftentimes, I wouldn't know a dude had a flamethrower until I was on fire. Then I'm like, oh, shoot, where's the nearest body of water? And... 
so like those ones, uh, those dudes were a pain for me because they also those flamethrowers had like ridiculous range. Yeah, and and just like it, what would happen a lot of times is like it just so happened that the dude that I picked off first to kind of aggro everybody else was not the right person to aggro it, or it wasn't the flamethrower guy so i'm just thinking like oh i took out this guy i'm good and then it's like oh no the flamethrower guy is still in the room crap i took out the wrong person first those dudes were a pain for me i think that was my least favorite uh not not that i i, I didn't think they were unfair or anything like that but they just gave me the most trouble it was the flamethrower guys yeah you guys pretty have, annoying did you guys have like a I don't like seeing this person. <laughs> I didn't like the mechs. I thought they really, were, yeah. Well, not that they were hard. It was just like, man, if I mess up, like you got to get out there pretty quick, you know. I mean, they do light you up. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. I think for me, it was the shield guys because just I don't think the level of precision in this game is good. So yeah, those were the ones where I would basically have to go in swinging on them before they can even drop their shield. Put up their shield. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was satisfying later on in the game when you could do para- parasitism. I don't know how to say is it parasitism? Parasitism? And um, being able to just unload as a human on a dude with a oh, shield. Yeah. <laughs> it was so satisfying. <laughs> it was just like, ah, I hate you and just just shoot shoot up the shield. Shoot up the shield. You, um, did you guys have a... Uh, so, we, we I guess... Um, oh, I think my least favorite enemies were actually the um, the drones. That, which ones? Um, there was... Not the like square ones or the cube ones. The, yeah, you didn't like the ones that could shoot the the helicopter. Yeah, drones. yeah, yeah I those like drones. Those, those were just annoying most times. Um, I, I usually so my strategy uh, with the with the regular drones was as soon as they were released from their bay, I would throw a tentacle and just start, like, trying to grab it and then slamming it, you know, against the wall. Yeah. But then I, for, go ahead. I think for those, it's very dependent on which level monster you are at the time, like how you have to uh, deal with those. Why Why is it that? Because I felt like it was a lot easier for me to deal with them when I was at level one. Of course, which is the most dangerous, but it, it, I don't know. It just seemed like the other levels were you were too big of a target, and you didn't have like like it wasn't necessarily a ranged attack, but you could like kind of shoot them with the um, it was like a a web type thing, a web type attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah to kind of stick them in place, mm-hmm. like the Spider Man, yeah, kind of. And that's, that was my strategy for trying to take out the, the drones, the helicopter drones. So my strategy was at the... That worked, but like I usually did the um, uh, level 3. Like I would do the little spears. Or when I was level 2, the little javelin things. So normally, I if I was level... I, if I was level three, I wasn't level three for long because I was going to get lit up. So normally in level two, I would do the one where you got like the porcupine where you have all the spikes around you and I would just roll into them to kill them. And that was pretty effective. And I also tried to position myself in a way where I was in like a tight corridor or something so that I, I wouldn't be fighting them from all angles. They'd have to come at me from one direction and mm-hmm. it made it a little bit easier to manage for me. 
Well, the, those were your least favorite too, right, Dante? Over even over the shield dudes. Which ones? The uh, the little like helicopter drones. I don't think it was the drones itself. Like it was whatever was deploying the drones. Oh, weird. Because for whatever reason, that thing died. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so I guess I, I realized that we have been talking about enemies and stuff, and we didn't necessarily talk about like your abilities and things like that. Like kind of how you combated uh, everything you came across. So um, as kind of what Trevor said, like when you are playing this creature, like you're essentially, it, it feels like you're floating. Like, uh, you know, your tentacles are gripping onto walls and everything. So you're never necessarily on the ground. You're, you're, you're just like, if you're holding up, there's not a jump button or anything like that. You're just clinging onto whatever you are trying to get around or however you're trying to maneuver the, the environment. And, um, as you, uh, get further and further the game you're getting uh story based like uh powers and just like more abilities at your disposal like any metroidvania so i think the first one you get is uh like i think we the, the cobweb ability or, or what trevor said which was basically like like spider-man where he does like the quick like wrist flip and then he can kind of stick something to the wall or um, so you, you get that ability and it's kind of like a good range. Not, I wouldn't even say it's an attack because it doesn't do damage, but it prevents things from moving around. Um, so that was your first ability. And then I think, uh, you get Zephoria is how I say it. It looks right. And, and that was the, um, which ability was that? Um, that's where you like create blades. That's right. Um, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And then um, you get a that. That's the one where I was talking about where it's like you you're get like a porcupine basically ability. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, <clears throat> then I think later on you get the ability to level up. And um, basically, how you level up in this game is either you take out and eat a lot of humans, or you just find little. Uh, 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 save points that give you more power I guess you could say I don't, I don't really know uh, but you can also use them to replenish your uh, power as well and um, so your level 1 abilities when it's all said and done are you get the cobweb ability you get that blade ability and you get invisibility um, and then uh, at level 2 then you get um, uh Oh no, Zephoria is the one that's the you shoot the blades out, right? In a direction. Yeah, where you can like damage structures and things. Yeah, and then then because in level two you get the spiky thorns, which is like you're like a porcupine, and like you're you you become like a ball with spikes sticking out of you, and you can roll around. And then um, what else do you get at level two? You also get the ability when you're in water to be tiny worms, <laughs> to kind of uh, better traverse like the level and just get around obstacles and everything and um i guess one of the things that we didn't discuss either and one of the things that i really do like about this game and i I think it's it comes with the territory just being a metroidvania so i guess it could go without saying but i feel like it's worth mentioning is that all these abilities are useful in and out of combat um which i really did appreciate um so like some of the abilities you use to further unlock um 
parts of the level to just get further in your exploration. And um, even uh, like some of the uh, containment units that you have, I feel like that's where a lot of the serious, I won't say serious, but that's where some of the more difficult puzzling lies. And I, I don't want to say difficult like they're too hard, but like, I feel like the, do you agree, Trevor, that the containment units were where they really, I felt like, tried to make like harder puzzles? Yeah, they were, I guess, more so like supposed to be the collectibles of the game. Yeah. And I, I didn't necessarily feel like they were, su- they, it wasn't like we were playing Bob as you. Yeah. Yeah, they weren't, they weren't too difficult. Like, if you sat there for a second, you could be like, oh, that's what they want me to do. Yeah. Um, but I, I did feel like they were, they were like, okay. You have these abilities, or the presumption is you can't get this until you you can't get the, to this containment unit until you have this ability, and then they're like, we're going to show you some interesting ways because like um, I think one of the containment units, I didn't know that you could use the cobweb to recharge your um, power. Oh yeah, that one. I didn't know that. I so, think like, that was the only one I ever had to <laughs> look up a video for because. There, in in some of those, you use your abilities in ways where you wouldn't even use them in any other situation. You wouldn't have known. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So uh, you guys remember those little like electricity uh, power units that you could use to recharge your for the uh, ability, the one that has the bar. Oh, the you know power. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Conduit. So you could use yeah. the. Um, there was a puzzle where you ha- you had to do it. Is a containment unit one where you're um, basically having to go through um, laser lights, but you have to use the invisibility. And if you get detected, then it starts the whole puzzle over again. And they have um, a power unit in the middle of the room, and you have to use at specific areas around the outside, which is where you're traveling, you had to use your cobweb ability or whatever in order to latch yeah, onto I did that the... one. Okay, yeah. I had no idea that that wasn't even a thing you could do until that one. And, like, there was some cool things like that. And that was one of the other things I wanted to bring up with the DLC is that they require you to use um, your powers in some interesting ways that they don't do in the main game. Uh, so, like, that was another bonus thing about the DLC was beyond it uh, being a smaller contained unit so like the map thing wasn't an issue is they also had some cool ways for you to use your abilities and there was like another thing too where it's like I didn't know you could use the parasitism on dead enemies until Mm. like you know like it didn't occur to me that you could even do that and then when I found that you could it was like oh cool like this is this is awesome so yeah um uh and then uh Level three had um, oh, and uh, level two also had one. Uh, so it had the uh, tiny worms when you're in water to make it easier to traverse. You had the spiky thorn attack. You had um, uh, like a, a charge attack. I don't really know how to describe it. Like it was like a attack where you could like get your mass into a ball and then do like a, a big charge attack. And then level three, which was the final level, they had um, a, an armor ability. Um, it had a uh, like a even more um, ridiculous uh, 
javelin ability where it shot all these hooks at things in a specific direction you determined and you could pull things back to you. Um, and one of my, I, I really liked as the game progressed and like, you know, you're playing and they had those little sections where it's like, Oh, like you can D level your character in order to do this thing. And I really like that aspect of the game. Um, I did not like controlling the character at the third level. It was so difficult to do when you're just like have all that mass. Oh yeah, there are some areas where you don't know exactly which portion of the monster you're yeah. controlling. Yeah, like I, I, I really like the abilities you get in level three, but it's just so. It took me a while to get used to controlling the level one character when we first played this game, um, and you lose any any sort of fidelity you you may thought you have developed when you're in level three because like you said like you're so spread out as this creature that you're like say you're going up and you're spread out across the entire screen and so you say oh i'm gonna go up into the right and then you're like oh no i missed i'm gonna go down into the right now and now your point of origin or the the part you're controlling is the opposite side of the creature and it was like super difficult to try to you almost had to it, it, it i'm assuming that the way you're supposed to control it is almost like a ship in a water where instead of doing like those quick twitch things you kind of have to slowly rotate the joystick around and do a loop and that's just like not intuitive to me so uh lo- controlling that creature in level three was not fun at all <laughs> yeah i really found it to be an issue in like tight corners like really small areas where like i was trying to avoid being seen and part of me just ends up just kind of hanging out over, like, you know, at the end of a ledge, and then they spot it. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was, like, something. But it, it it only happened, well, I wouldn't say it only happened a few times. It happened enough, but it wasn't enough to really annoy me, you know. But, yeah, it's definitely a little bit, uh, you know, it's an inconvenience, I guess. Definitely. The, uh, and the DLC, um... There's some parts where there's an elevator you have to use, but unlike in the main game, they don't. You can't like skip and go up event alongside the, the elevator. You had to get into the elevator as the creature, and it was like there was a couple times where I like got in the elevator as much as I could with the level three creature, hit the button, and the next thing I know, like I didn't have enough of the creature in, so then the elevator just goes up, and then my creature. All of it is just brought down back to the bottom, and I'm like, "Damn, I got to call this elevator again." And so like, that part was a little bit frustrating because it was just like, "Ugh." Yeah, it's um, kind of weird in the main game, uh, like when you're using elevators, because for the most part, you can kind of go around them. Yeah, I, I think I think it's like for the smaller ones, it, it, it makes a little bit more sense. When typically, you're the... they gate you from one end, and you have to solve something to get it out the way, so you you know. Yeah, yeah. Get around it. Or maybe they just have multiple solutions. Because I remember, like, it. there was one elevator where I intentionally picked up an enemy and carried him all the way over to the elevator just so I could control him to turn on the elevator to move it, like, while I was in another area behind it. But then I realized, oh, I could have just gotten on the elevator. And hit the button. And hit the button myself. <laughs> The bigger you are, the the harder it is to, to get yeah. your creature in the elevator, though. So, because those elevators are tight quarters, 
Um, and yeah, the other, the la- I guess the last ability you get is um, the parasitism, which you can do at all levels, which is basically like breaking off a piece of yourself, controlling it, and being able to infect a, a human and take control of that character. And they do some really cool puzzles in both the main game and in the DLC with that. And just like some cool sequences, even if it's not necessarily like a difficult puzzle. And it was always super satisfying to play a character and just like destroy a room or like, oh, I'm just shooting everybody or I have this flamethrower and I'm just lighting everybody up literally. Or or especially like when you got to control so- somebody in a mech unit, Those that was always fun. It was always super satisfying to do that. That was like one of the one of the, the highlights, I guess I would say for me was being able to be in a mech unit. That was really cool. Am I missing anything? You guys got anything else? <laughs> I feel like I feel like we like this game, but I feel like it's just kind of like, um, like <laughs> no, like I really enjoyed this game. Like thoroughly enjoyed it. I was gonna come on here. If if y'all weren't into it, I was gonna come on here like Sway in the morning. <laughs> Talk your shit, Sway. It's not that great of a game. There we go. It's pretty fun. It's okay. It's fine. It's like when Greg said seven point six earlier, I was like, Yeah, that's about What do you say seven point six about? Uh, the, the Metacritic average rating. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Why why do you feel that way? Um Honestly, I felt like it went on too long. Apparently, I played longer than you guys did. Um, I would have... I don't want to map, but I think since you're in a facility, it would have made sense if they had, I don't know, signs and stuff saying like, hey, this is how to get to this other part of the facility. Like just in the background and stuff like that. Yeah. They only have the exit. Yeah, I was about to say, I guess that's the only thing they show you is just the exit. That, that's it. Yeah, because I completely, like, there was just a 90-minute stint near the end. And what was the big thing? Like, I did not, we didn't really touch on the puzzles, but essentially you have to be at a different monster level to access different monster abilities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And most of the puzzles revolved around you being at a specific monster ability. And if you weren't at that level, you had to go back to a specific pool of water to either drop off, um, I guess, worm sacks or whatever yeah, you blobs, <laughs> or you could go into crevices and regain them. And like the puzzles were okay, it was just kind of annoying having to. They all kind of follow the same pattern where it's like, oh well, I need to do this as this guy because I see there's this wall where I'm gonna have to shoot the spider web through, or hey, there's this. Um, electric spear thing that's going to explode so I need to be at level 3 so I can use my shield mm-hmm. and it just felt a little shallow to me in that. Um, I'll disagree with you because they do put you in situations where once you do um, like lower your level they they make you enter areas where you can't backtrack and pick up your um, I forget what it's called well, yeah, but biomes. then it's like, okay, well, I'm yeah. going to have to use whatever this specific power is. So, well, then after you do that, in order to get through the puzzle, they put they might put you in a combat scenario where you're, you're forced to use whatever level you're at, rather than being at your highest level. And I, I think that at, at some points in the game, it's pretty clever, because, you know, it forces you to use, like, the invisibility... Um, 
instead of like just straight up attacking enemies. I mean, I, I'll say I, I get what you're saying, Dante. You're you're just kind of saying like I wish there was a better way for them to do this thing, right? Yeah, mostly. Like I wish I didn't have to backtrack, drop off part of me, go back to the puzzle, do the, then potentially go back again get the upgraded version of me, come back, do the next part of the puzzle. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. And I, I, I think what Trevor, what you're saying too, is like, it kind of, they sometimes like pepper right as soon as you uh, do that sequence and you, you maybe you can or cannot backtrack and then they immediately throw you in a combat scenario so then you're forced to be like, oh crap, I was level three and now I'm level one because I had to do that and now I have to like... Because like you, like you guys, the way you guys play it, it's like, I'm going to go in swinging. Well, you really can't do that at level one against certain enemies. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, okay, I got... I, I'm, it forces you to play the game in a different way in order to... But it, it may, I guess, to Dante's point too, it may not like feel like it's worth it. Where it's just like, I'd rather have just not. <laughs> it feels like it's what he's saying anyways. Sorry, repeat that one more time. Just like um, the what I was saying is that you know, like you de-level your character and you complete some sequence, and now you can't go back. Maybe you're locked out of the the spot that you dropped all those creatures off at. So now you're forced to progress or go further at a lower level, and then you immediately uh, go ahead. What was I saying? I was gonna say I didn't mind playing like at whatever level mm-hmm. I was at. It was just. A matter of having to backtrack just to do that, knowing that, okay, well, I have to use this ability, and this normal way to do that is to backtrack and downgrade. It, it just, it wasn't like, it wasn't like Brothers, where it wasn't like a puzzle, but like, it did kind of give me very similar vibes of Brothers, where like, okay, well, it's clearly one of these walls, so I'm clearly going to have to do this thing. And y'all just love taking cheap shots at brothers. <laughs> I'm glad we played it just as a reference point. Yeah. Now we all know what we're talking about when we're talking about some sequels we don't like. We can just say it's like brothers. <laughs> so relatable. So y'all love Forgotten Nan. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't here for that. Yeah, Man, you missed out. I'm thinking about going to it. <laughs> I want to check out that episode. <laughs> Stop. Get some help. That's all I was thinking. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have any other uh, things that you stood out, Dante? Because I guess I'm guessing that, like, you said the game is fine. Um,. How do, how do you feel about it, Greg? Like, do you have any complaints? I know we kind of talked about mine at the the top of the to the show, but do you guys have anything else? No, not really. I mean, like, I feel like it it didn't overstay its welcome for the most part. I felt like there was enough variety. Uh, I didn't really get too bored. Um, there were a couple areas where um, I felt like I got lost a little bit, but they didn't happen very often. Usually, that was like after I got back into the for lack of a better term, like the main area, you know, after you finish off one of the zones and then you go back out, sometimes I would get lost because I wasn't sure exactly where I needed to go. Um, mm-hmm. 
But that was like really it. But yeah, for the most part, I liked it. What about you, Trevor? You, you did you have any? I know you really enjoyed the game, but did you have any complaints or things that you wish were different? Or, um, I think I pretty much talked about everything that kind of held the game back for me. Um, but it, you know, even with those things, it didn't do enough to, you know, to make me just not like the game. Well. Do you guys have anything else left for the game? I was going to say this game was too short, but um, you told me there's DLC, so. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like I said, this game was twice as long as it needed to be. I beat this game in one sitting. Maybe you're just a pro gamer. That's what it is. The best of us. How's Cuphead going for you? How's Hades going for you? Sorry, I'm just being mean now. I'll get around to those games eventually. <laughs> when I feel like it. Play it at your own pace. Um, well, yeah. I, I feel like you said there, there was nothing else you had, Trevor? Uh, I, I would, I, if I were you, I would recommend the DLC then, yeah. Like, I, I think um, it's it's a little bit different. I mean, it's more it's more of the same game. Uh, but it, it's really cool to play the game in a more constricted area, um, so you're not dealing with the very beginning of the game with you know like the scientists are just running away. Like from the jump, you're playing against uh, you know people with guns and everything, so that you get straight to the combat part sooner. Um, you have all your abilities and everything, and uh, they do some cool things with the parasitism uh, ability as well that I don't think they did in the main game. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's cool, and it, I think it's free. I think when I had um, looked it up, too, I, I was telling Greg this before, but um, people were a little disappointed um, uh, that they were doing this instead of doing a new game. Not a new game, like a carry-in, too, but just like, they were like, oh, they're, they're coming out with DLC? Crap, that means that they're not working on a new game. So I think that means that people were fans of this game and were excited to see... Uh, what else they're coming out with but the yeah the article that I'm reading or have up says this announcement was December 30th of 2020 so it's uh, relatively new but I I think that it's only available right now through Steam or at least when this article it was only available but it's free so if you buy the game then it'll come if you buy the base game the DLC will come with it (laughs) so we have nothing else for Carrion I have a question sure Okay, so if you were to base a video game off of one villain... Man, that's kind of rough for me. You gotta think about that. Do you have one, Dante? I can think of one. So, like, I'm not, I'm not a big Star Wars fan, but, like, would this be, like, oh, living out your Darth Vader power fantasy or whatever? Like, is that what you mean when you say villain? Or, like, are you you're no, more leaning no, towards the monster part? Point, like... Yeah, there's Vader Immortal for VR, where you totally get to be Vader. I thought in one so, of the battlefields, so, too. Or ba- Battlefronts or whatever. Oh, you know what? I yeah. didn't even think about that when we were talking about games where you like play as like, villain or like the... Well, I guess the monster. There's very few of them, but... Uh. But yeah, Force Unleashed was one. I forget about that. Hmm. Mass Effect, depending on how you played. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Fable. Yeah. <laughs> huh. um, Elder Scrolls. 
I mean, honestly, like, if I was to, and maybe it's because it's been just in the public consciousness, I guess, as of late, but, like, I think it would have been cool to play, like, a, and I had a game, but, uh, like, Godzilla, like, um, it'd be cool to play a game as Godzilla, and I I definitely played, I think it was called, like, Godzilla Destroy All Monsters or something like that, and I definitely played the Rampage games growing up, and I always loved those games, so, like, doing something like that would... I'm I'm here for that playing as a giant. Did anybody play um, Peter Jackson's King Kong back on the 360? Unfortunately, I did. <laughs> My brother played it. We we had it on the original Xbox. <laughs> we didn't even get the 360 version. That was my uh, my achievement hunting days. Oh, you didn't even get it when it because la- it was a launch game, wasn't it? For yeah, no, nah, I definitely wasn't spending money on that then. <laughs> think of a good like for Marcus. I think like Doom. Would have been a good or Taskmaster. Like I mean, yeah, game. obviously, yeah, like a, a Marvel. Actually, that's funny because I played Marvel um, Ultimate Al- Ultimate Alliance. I played uh, Ultimate Alliance as uh, Juggernaut. Uh, he was a DLC character, and then when I played Marvel Heroes um, Omega or whatever it was, um, I was playing as a Black Panther. But then I was saving up money, and I got uh, enough money to get uh, the because ta- I did. I got got the Taskmaster one, but then the, the server shut down. <laughs> as soon as I got my boy, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that doesn't count though. Because usually, like honestly, with those games, like you don't necessarily like. I want to play a character where I just feel powerful. And like, don't get me wrong, you feel powerful in like those Marvel games, but you're like just. It's not. It's not the same. It's not the same as like I feel like the spirit of this question. What about um, instead of the villain? What about antiheroes? Who you got for us? The one and only Richard B. Riddick. Uh, I thought you were going to give us a real answer. That <laughs> <laughs> was a real answer. What are you talking about? <laughs> the true brother of villains. What more do you need? I guess we could so, play the Fast and Furious game. And that would be anti-heroes in that. Don't. We should do that. try. <laughs> we really should. You know what? If you want to make it a bonus episode, I'll, I'll be on there. <laughs> So, I was going to posit two answers, actually. I think Meta Knight would be pretty cool from Kirby. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And um, we have gotten to play as him in a couple games recently, but Bowser? Yeah, that would be cool. Also fun. I feel like, yeah, it would be cool to play, like, an iconic, like, video game, like, I guess. But, I mean, like, all I can think of are, like, Nintendo characters, and it's like, well, you can be them in Smash, and that's not the the same as like I'd want to play a game based around them or something you know Waluigi (laughs) yeah I was just like I mean I gave the best answer I think so (laughs) (laughs) Uh. (laughs) guy gets his hair did and he thinks he can just say anything he wants uh, it's funny because I'm like I don't even know anybody that like likes that series other than Trevor. <laughs> Not saying it's bad because I've never seen them, but it's just funny. You've never seen the movies? 
No. <laughs> I only watched the first one. What was that? Pitch Black. I only watched that because, like, my friend... This was, like, whenever it first came out or whatever. My friend rented it or whatever when I spent the night at his house, but it was, like, long ago. It actively made me never want to watch another Vin Diesel movie. Dang. Wow. What, Pitch Black? <laughs> Are you serious? Dante doesn't watch movies anyway, so him oh, saying okay. that isn't necessarily, like, a, a big dig as he tries to make it sound. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, oh man, if he's only known for like Fast and Furious, I am not missing anything in my life. He's in classics. The entire Fast and Furious series. Classics. Are they villains? They're anti-heroes, I would say. Okay. I mean, they, they, do, they, good, they, do, good thing, uh, they do good deeds, but ultimately like they are like... For self-gain? Um, not even for self gain. Like I, I think they were like on the run from the police for their crimes of like smuggling, uh, doing illegal street races. But then at this point, their record is clean because they've helped all these different government agencies and everything. You know how it is. Pardons all around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Daddy's got to go to work. Um. Well. Uh. Greg. Mm-hmm. Great game, great experience. Uh, yeah, I'll say. Uh, well, good game. <laughs> you good already experience. said it. <laughs> good game, good experience is what you said. Yeah. Okay. Um, Trevor. Great game, great experience. Great game, great experience. Okay. Dante. Great game, great experience. It's fine. <laughs> Fair enough. Fine game, fine experience. It's better than last month's game. I mean... It's better than the game. (laughs) I went out of my way to hurt Marcus right there. I'm sorry. Best game of 2021 so far. What game? What game is the best game of 2021? This one right here. Huh? (laughs) Aside from our bonus games. Mm. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Hard disagree, but okay. <laughs> um, and I say for me, it's a, it's a pretty good game, pretty good experience. Um, yeah, I think I think really Dante, you're like the only one that like this game is meh, right? <laughs> you're the only one that's on that. I'm not. Yeah, I, I mean, from what I'm hearing, pretty much. Okay, well, I think you have the the most uh, strict uh, taste anyway, so I think that's fine. I think that's fine. Oh, really? I think you do. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to argue it. Do you think somebody else does? I, I'd, I'd say my tastes are pretty in line with, I will say, I don't want to go back to the Metacritic, but... Society. Yeah, it's just it's a seven point six. <laughs> that's an acceptable, you know. That's an acceptable, like pretty good. Time. Like it's a good game. Yeah. Like if you go into Game Informer and you give something a seven point six, it's like, oh man. Well, well, actually, Game Informer, I I take that back because anything below eight, seven point six overall is pretty good. It is a good game. Would I recommend it? At ten bucks, I it's would. Fine. If it or like yeah. if it's on Game Pass, a bit, yeah, it's a few hours, man. Check it out. You know. Yeah, I don't regret my time with it. Yeah. That's what we should do. Is like, would you recommend this game? 
I feel like that's a better a better benchmark because we've we've had some games where it's like eh, maybe I'd recommend this other game instead. I'm not saying for this game, but I, I know like we did that with Katana Zero, where it was just kind of like mm. man, I had to sit and listen through that where you guys are like man, I, maybe if this game was five bucks. Oh, that was my brother. <laughs> I was like, God dang, I'm being savage. <laughs> um, yeah, well, we can we can wrap this up. So, uh, where can people find you at, Trevor? You can find me on the internet at Lyriconsong. I'm going to ask, are you streaming anything? Um, hmm. Define streaming. <laughs> no, not currently. No, nope. I've, got, I've got to find a game worth streaming. What does define streaming even mean? I just was like, Trevor's like, well, I mean, I'm playing these things, but... <laughs> I, <laughs> To stream, he'd either have to get a capture card for his Switch. Yeah, or exactly. Something that's not on the Switch. No, I didn't know if he was streaming Pokemon or anything like that. Uh, no, mm. Pokemon's not really a, a streamable game for me. The trading card game? Or whatever you've been playing? Um, Like the trading card game? Like streaming yeah. it? Um, yeah. I don't know if anybody would want to watch me play. That's Just because you're to watch is, Hearthstone. I, I, don't, I don't have like a lot of decks. Like like most streamers do. Like some streamers have so many cards they can just build a deck to try out and be like, Hey, come watch me, you know, play this new deck. Gotcha. But I'm not at that level yet. One day. Alright. Well, where can we find you at, Greg? Uh you can find me on Twitter at Boombox Hero, uh Facebook the same, and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Magnegro with a zero at the end instead of O. Are you streaming anything? Uh, not right now. Uh, kind of been tied up with other stuff, but uh, I'll be back soon. You know. Okay. Okay. What about you, Dante? Where can people find you at? People can find me at Twitch.tv/AwakenCloud. I have been streaming quite a bit recently. So right now, I'm playing a game called Curse of the Dead. Playing a little bit of Crash Four. And also, I jar streams now. Do you do? Uh, do you take requests, or is it just like stuff that you're already planning on playing for the Quite VR stuff? For... for the VR stuff. Okay. Um, just stuff I own right now that might expand. Okay. Is that has that been fun and get you getting people watching the VR stuff? Because I, I would I would be down. I, I've never watched a VR stream, so I'd be down to see like. I don't think I've even tried a headset on, so just seeing, like, what you can. Yeah, um, I haven't gotten too many viewers for the VR stream. I think I'm the first time I did it. I've only done it twice. But um, it is a fun experience. It gets me to use a headset, kind of having an excuse. Oh, well, this is something dumb for me to stream. And it actually took me a minute to figure out how to figure out, like, the ergonomics of streaming that stuff. So... Like, I have to cast the Oculus to the web browser, pick up the web browser in OBS. Then I also have to, like, there's just a lot of logistical stuff that you wouldn't think you have to deal for or account for. But I have it so, like, left-hand side of the screen is the actual VR stuff, and then right-hand is, like, me doing the VR. Let it drop drop a link or something if um, if you ever play Super Hot. Yeah, I might do that this week. Yeah, drop a link. I'll, I'll definitely want to check it out just to see. That sounds cool. Um, and you can find me at 
Twitter and Facebook at Potato Salad. Um, if you like tuning in to Miss Checkpoints to find out about Hidden Gems, Cult Classics, and any games, then share us with your friends, family, and the Not Shady Subreddit communities you're in. Comment on our Facebook page, add us on Twitter, leave us a review, preferably five stars on Apple Podcasts so we can appear higher on the leisure category. Um, I think uh, we need to uh, start thinking of our next batch of games too, gentlemen. I started uh, started up the second game for February or for February for um, March today, and I was thinking about. It. I was like, maybe we need to um, <clears throat> have a have something in mind for that when we after that that podcast. So maybe come with our list after that, so we can get our next batch of games. So we keep the show on the road, keep it going. So yeah, be be thinking about what you want to play. Man, it's that time again. Yeah, it's the most wonderful time of the year, or something. <laughs> All right. Until they choose Shinmu, when we didn't expect them to choose. Hey, just say, <laughs> hey, it worked. It worked for uh, Shinmu, and it worked for Mega Man Battle Network. Suckers. <laughs> Playing all the best games in the beginning of the year. Well, um, yeah. Uh, check out Carrion, right, Trevor? Do it. <laughs> all right, and with that, uh, we're missed checkpoints, and we're out. Peace. Peace.